everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and I am here talking to cool people who do cool things throughout the state of Minnesota. And I came across a product that was mailed to me by Holly George. It's called Spitfire Gourmet, and it's wild shaker seasoning packets. And at first, Holly, I'll be honest, I was sort of like, oh, you know, seasonings, but they're in little like plastic Ziploc bags inside this bottle. And I wasn't really sure. So then I read about it and you are actually putting all the seasonings and everything together that people would use for marinades. This is so clever. Thank you. Hi, Stephanie. (laughs) Hi, welcome to the program. It kind of reminds me of like um, when your mom would get Italian dressing long ago and they'd buy the wishbone and it came in a like paper packet and then you'd buy the cruet that came with it. So you could have that. It's really clever. What made you think of this idea? Well, it's so funny because I've always been a go-to for my friends and family just for entertaining advice and gourmet cooking advice. And I shouldn't say always because it did not start that way. I have to say one of my favorite uh, quotes of my life is my husband when we were first married. And he said, honey, I love you very much, but this dinner sucks. <laughs> it, it took a lot of trials and whatever just with cooking because I don't like to follow a recipe. I like to concoct, I call it, rather than cook. So yep. um I come from a long line of uh gourmet cooks though. So I think that's how they learn too. And I know that just from talking to my mom and my grandmother over the years. And so these are family recipes to answer your question. So my three seasoning packs are, yes, you're right. They're pre-measured and they come in a bottle, but it's super easy. So I put four measure pre-measured packs in each bottle. And so you buy the bottle, whatever flavor you want of the three, and you just open it up, take out all the packs, dump in one pack and then add oil and vinegar just to the lines that are right on the bottle and shake it up. And they make the best marinades. And that's where that's where it came from originally. It was my my family recipe is uh it's been around for five generations, and they're the marinades that my family always used on game and fish. So um, but I also have extended that now so you can use them as marinades, but they also work really well as uh drizzles on roasted veggies or pasta, rice. Um, even as salad dressings. So it makes really, really easy, healthy family dinner. So wild shaker seasoning packets are what we're talking about. And you have, I think, three flavors now. So can you go through each of your flavor profiles? Sure. So I have a teriyaki umami, and that one is more of a savory flavor. It's uh, It's got a little... Um, almost well, like a teriyaki flavor to it. It isn't teriyaki sauce, of course, because I I use actually my seasonings are all no MSG and very healthy. So, and that's why, you know, these are easier concentrated. You dump them in and add your own oil and vinegar, which makes it healthier. And so that one is, uh, that's the more uh, um, teriyaki flavor. And the, uh, another one is the uh, boozy bouillon, I call it, um, because uh, it's got more of a bouillon base flavor to it. Uh, a little saltier flavor doesn't mean it's necessarily high in salt, but it's just a, it's just that type of flavor profile. And then the third one is zesty sweet tang, and that one has a sweetness to it. So it's, each one is very unique and different. 
Um, but uh, they all work really well as marinades, as well as sauces on veggies and salads and stuff. What was it about your family that had them focused on the wild game or fish aspects? It's just because I, I growing up um, with hunters in my family and fishermen and, you know, um, and it was more the men than the women, you know, just traditionally, but uh, my husband is a huge hunter. Uh, he loves to bird hunt. So we actually, and, and I, this is something that uh, we didn't do that I remember growing up, but what we do is we process, you know, at home, a lot of um, venison and pheasant and grouse, especially pheasant and grouse, because my husband really loves to bird hunt. And I will freeze. What I do is he cleans off the birds, for example, and he'll take the, the breasts off of the birds and then we individually put them on a, a baking sheet and freeze them individually. So you can just pull them out of the bag when they're frozen individually like that. But uh, we also will freeze them right in my marinades. So then when they're thawing, that's super easy prep. And you just throw them right on the grill and never overcook game. Never, never. People do that. <laughs> They'll overcook game to shoe leather. And then they say, oh, I, I hate game. It's like, no, you haven't had it cooked right. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's... I. I would absolutely 100% concur with that. A friend of mine um, is a bird hunter and I think it was pheasant or maybe it was grouse. I can't remember, but you know, I was real anxious and we went to his house for dinner and he had this preparation and I was sort of like, Oh, this isn't going to be great. And it was <laughs> so delicious and he cooked it just yep. perfect. And it was sort of, he had a jalapeno marinade. So it was a little spicy and, I just remember it being delicious and thinking, wow, I never really cook wild game because it's sort of intimidating. Right. When you when you think about game, it tends to be a little rangier, sometimes a little tougher. And I do think people just don't know how to cook with it. So that you have these marinades is a really nice, um, easy way to go. Also, like people are buying, you know, bulk chicken breasts and they're just so flaccid and gross. If you could yep. put some marinade in them you know, it, it really makes the chicken breast a lot different experience. What is your background that you came to this um, as a business versus just as a home cook? Well, my background is in marketing. So I've been in marketing for almost 30 years and I just decided that I wanted to have a widget to be honest. So meaning a product and I, I've always loved to cook. And like I said, I've, I've loved to figure out cooking. And, and as you know, too, being a great cook, I mean, it, it's, it's the methods, right? A lot of times it's not, it, it can be, you want great ingredients, but you also just learn the methods. You learn to kind of slow down and know, let something simmer longer, then add the, the wine or then right. whatever. So I, I just loved figuring it all out along the way. And I thought this would be a great fun business because these were always my go-tos for marinating. Um, and like you mentioned with game, marinades are the way to go because they tenderize while they flavor. And so when you have a cut of meat that maybe is a little more gamey or tougher or whatever, marinades are the way to go because they cut through that. And especially mine will, you know, that's what they're made for is to really flavor, uh, game in a great way and fish. And it, so people aren't so intimidated by cooking right. those cuts of meat. So when you say marketing, there's lots of facets of it. What is your like day-to-day -day job? What are you doing? Well, day-to-day -day for marketing now, I work with a couple clients 
but I take them as I want to at this point. So I just work with a couple of clients and then otherwise I just meet with people about my, my marinade packs and getting them into stores and follow up things like that. I actually, uh, we package in a certified kitchen. And so I have someone that actually handles a crew that does that and works on my fulfillment and things like that. So day to day, I'm, I'm working more on my Spitfire gourmet stuff, as well as figuring out new recipes. And it's kind of a fun lifestyle. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And I get to, and I get to drink a lot of wine, which is something I really love too. (laughs) So is your marketing expertise primarily strategy or are you literally like doing social media or planning direct to consumer? I am doing more. I do a lot more retail, so I'm doing more sales so just to talk about the business business aspect of it a little bit, I I manage everything and work on top line marketing stuff, but then hand it off to my team. So I have someone that uh, really does a great job with my social media. Um, I have you know my fulfillment team and packaging team, um, and then the sales I handle myself, which I enjoy. So so yeah. you kind of went for a lot of people. They start making this product and then they start selling it, and it really is hard for them to get to the commercial kitchen side, hiring someone for fulfillment. You sort of seem like you dived right in there, and now you're backfilling with the sales channel that you're establishing yourself. Does that sound about right? It does. Um, It sounds easier than it was. I mean, anybody will tell you when they start a business, if they knew now what they knew then, they don't know that they would do it ever again. Can you think of... Yeah, Can no you think of one that. thing that stands out like that? Oh gosh, one thing that stands out. Uh, I, I think my best advice, if, if I can use it that way, is don't throw a bunch of money at something. Just, just go try to, I don't know how I want to word this. Just go try to figure it out on your own first. Because I, I did this thing, I signed up for some grocery store. I can't even remember the name of the site. And it was supposed to connect you with these stores and whatever else. And I had done that before I even figured out which stores I would sell best in. Right. So, you know, if you're starting out, do a lot, just bootstrap it, do it on your own, figure it out. I mean, I I initially did package these, these things. I had a, a company out of Houston packaging for me. It cost me more. I, I don't uh, regret that because you know, you had to have certain certifications and things like that. I didn't want to do it in my own kitchen, but I did it in really small quantities. And so I didn't really have a lot of margin and there's never a lot of margin in food, but I wasn't making any money in the beginning, I guess is my point. And so, you know, to spend on a membership for marketing or things like that was a little premature. I absolutely hear that when we had our business. I think of all the things we spent money on in the first six months that I never would have done in the future or if I would have known better, but that's part of the learning too. So I always like to ask entrepreneurs what mistakes they made so that maybe someone can hear it and be like, oh, maybe I'll think twice before signing up for that because everything sounds good and you, you know, you're excited and you want to have sales and, but then it's like, oh, I should have just waited on that. What, when you go and you sell like, how do you sell? Do you like, how do you find buyers and what is your strategy? Well, you know, it's funny. It, what's really been working for me lately is, or I shouldn't say lately, but I give 10% of my sales back to um, conservation organizations for wildlife 
And that has really worked well. So I think my best advice there is give to get, you know what I mean? The give Um, back model. Yeah, it is. It it really is. I mean, if you push too hard, trying to just get out there and sell it's sometimes the universe doesn't deliver what, what it is you're really looking for. And I kind of have to take a step back and think, okay, how can I really get this out there with a message, but, and get a gain awareness and, that's when I started giving to, I, it was at the same time that I started giving to Pheasants Forever and the Rough Grouse Society and the Muley Foundation. So, cause they do, they do banquets every year for fundraisers. And so it was a perfect fit. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start seeing if they want me, want some free product, you know, to auction off and things like that. And that has worked famously. And so it's really opened doors for me because then I can call in the areas where those banquets are and just say, Hey, they're doing a banquet. We donate. And we really, this is the truth. We get every, just about every banquet people will set, come up to the organizer or whatever and say, can I buy these locally? And that's a great lead in when I call stores and just say, you know, a banquet's coming up. I'm not in any stores in your area. Would you be willing to try it on your shelf? So it's just, it's about working those angles and just figuring out, you know, what your real niche is and who's going to be looking for your product. And then how can you, maybe how can you give in a way that would allow you to gain sales and get something back from it? If that makes sense. Yeah. And then you get on the shelf and then that's like one tenth of the battle, right? Because then you have to like familiarize people with your product. And so what do you do once you've gotten on a shelf? Do you sample? Do you? Yeah. You know, I encourage the store to sample, but because I'm so small, I, I don't go and personally sample. And I don't think a lot of the stores have sampled a lot. I've just learned though, that where my niche is and I really, really do well on in high-end meat shops and, you know, high-end grocery stores that have great meat departments. So, you know, like even locally in Minneapolis, I'm in, you know, certain stores that make that make the most sense, like Longfellow. I mean, that's a higher, higher end brothers, meat and seafood, Jerry's foods, Widmer's in St. Paul is another one. I'm trying to think of some of them that I'm in. Um, And then some in Duluth too, you know, throughout Minnesota, but I'm in other States now too, but I've just figured out where I sell the best. And I don't know that they always have to have sampling going on because they have that customer coming in. I think too, when you're going to a meat market, you're probably a little more advanced in the cooking department because you might be looking for specific cuts or things that you aren't just going to pick off the shelf. And you're also probably more likely to try different things. Yep. Yeah. I would agree with that. I would agree. Um, One of my favorite stories about Widmer's is my mother-in-law who's 88 went into Widmer's and saw something in the counter and bought it and brought it home and made marrow bones with toasts like oh, she'd had wow. in a fancy French restaurant. And when yeah. she went back to get them again, the butcher said, well, you mean the dog bones? Uh-huh. <laughs> she said, no, no, the marrow bones. And he said, well, we sell those as dog bones. That <laughs> is of, so funny. Of course and you would. Knew, I mean, it's so good for you. That yes. <laughs> so she was laughing. She's like, I'm buying the dog bones and making fancy marrow, French marrow toast, <laughs> dog bones. And the butcher was just kind of looking Love at her that. like, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I thought Here that we was go, crazy funny. lady. <laughs> yes. 
Now, Spitfire Gourmet is sort of an umbrella name. uh, And then the wild shaker seasoning packets are the specific marinades, which leads me to wonder, Spitfire Gourmet, are you recipe testing and creating other items? Um, Right now, if I were to extend the product line, I'd probably do another marinade. Um, My husband is 100% Greek. I would always cook with my father-in-law. He's passed away. And my mother, who has also passed away. But um, they were my two really inspirational cooks. And so I'd love to do a Greek one. But right now I'm sticking with these three. And so if I ever extended it more, I might do that fourth one. It sounds like it'd be great with lamb. Oh, yeah, it is great with lamb, our Greek marinade. So and the thing is, too, if, if I can't find a way to take it down to a dried level, and still make it excellent and healthy, then I don't want to package it because um, just a quick side story. I have a son who has chronic Lyme disease. And so these, like I said, were go-tos all the time when I, when I'm cooking. And now I use my packets all the time, you know, to, to cook. I I say, I call it cheating, but (laughs) it does make cooking so much easier because I'll throw these in as seasonings in all sorts of different dishes. And I have all these recipes at my website at spitfiregourmet.com, but you know, so they don't have to be just marinades and sauces for veggies and, and potatoes and things. But I would cook with these all the time as Tommy was growing up and he's out of the house now, but now he cooks with them. So that's kind of cool that my, it's, it's easy enough that, you know, kids can cook with them. I I still call him a kid, even though he's in his twenties. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so I'm assuming that salt was an issue and you had to be conscientious about that. Yeah, we did. And it, and unfortunately, this is what I hate about labeling because I, these are concentrated, right? So marinades have salt in them and sure. so they do have some salt. It is, it's a sea salt, which is nice. So it, it is better for you, but it's, uh, you know, you still have to put the salt content, but once you shake it up with the oil and vinegar, it's not as, you know, concentrated of a salt. So, and in terms of marinades, like I think people obviously marinating meat, but you know, you can use them as a base for dressings. You can use them as a base for dip. You yep. can use them for tacos, you know, like marinades really just have a life that can be, it can be turned into a sauce with boiling. And exactly. What do you exactly. think is the most, what do you think besides just obviously marinating meat? What is the second most used way that people use your sauces? Well, I know that people love the cheese sauce. I, I will say that you can make with boozy bouillon that you just are adding vermouth wine is what I typically add. Um, otherwise it can be any white wine and some chicken broth with the cheeses. And it's so good. So I get, I get letters, emails about my cheese sauce all the time with the boozy bouillon. So yeah, it doesn't have to be just a marinade and that, and that recipe is right on the website. So it's easy to find. Another one is the stir fry with teriyaki umami. You just mix it up with peanut butter and hoisin sauce. You dump in a packet and you can stir fry that with any veggies and meats. And it's, it's excellent. Um, I love it. Yeah. The one with the green one is uh, the zesty sweet tang is the salad dressing. People love the salad dressing with, you know, and it's the same thing. It's the oil and vinegar shook up. Yeah. So, yep. Kind of an Italian version. Well, we really liked him at our house. Once I got familiar with what I was doing and how I was going to use them, it is Spitfire Gourmet. You can find them spitfiregourmet.com 
wild shaker seasoning packets. Also look for them at your higher end meat markets. I'm really excited to talk to you, Holly, and I hope that these continue on because I thought they were really refreshing, easy, you know, especially for cabin cooking too, or outdoor cooking where you are bringing in the dry seasoning and then just adding your ingredients or like you said, freezing all of your meats and then you're bringing your frozen packets in your cooler and you know, then by the time they thaw out, you have dinner ready. That's right. Yes, exactly. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate this. I loved it. We'll talk soon. It's always fun to talk cooking. (laughs) Oh, isn't it? I know. Exactly. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Holly. Thanks, Stephanie.